Time to talk to Georgie Parker! Hello, Georgie. Have you read my latest tweet? Yes. Have you read my latest tweet? And Georgie, Georgie, so I'm going to read it. Georgie Parker has tweeted, and the only reason I know that you've tweeted is because we've now got Sporting Goss Twitter handle. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to see it because I've uh, self-excluded. Imagine falling in love with someone and then finding out they press the button on the pedestrian crossing, walk before the light has gone red, so in turn make cars wait for no one. Thank you, Georgie. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I was driving past. I was driving past Perth Modern School and the old Princess Margaret the other day. There was not another person in sight and not another car in sight, apart from one lady and me. And she pressed the button, and she walked straight across. And And you got away. She was. Yep. And let me tell you, she was off and gone, and I wound down the window, Georgie. (laughs) <laughs> and I said, uh, probably a waste of my time, but she didn't hear me because she had her phone on and she had headphones in and she wasn't even listening or looking. It's honestly, it's so annoying. Just if you press it, you have to wait. Even if you can cross, you have to wait. And it might be annoying for you, but the cars have to have a reason to stop. It's just so annoying. And then it's worse if someone else presses it. And then they cross and you're like, oh, well, I better wait now because otherwise I don't want to look like I'm the person that's pressed it. It's all very annoying. It's an absolute deal breaker. If anyone does that in front of me, I don't need to know them. I do no, not need to know them. I 100% agree. Yes, it's 17 <laughs> away from 11. Georgie Parker's coming off the ropes and off the canvas. And the other one is when you go and stand next to someone at a lift and you walk in and they're all standing there and they're chatting and chatting and you, you arrive to get in that same yep. lift and they haven't pushed the button. And you see it go past. Yep. Yep. There's less a lot chat, of little things. More button pushing. Get hundred percent or less button pushing, depending on what situation you're in, but it's all <laughs> yes. about time efficiency. Um well, Scott, well I've got you. Um <laughs> did you hear little did you hear Tony Armstrong's little clip I of did. the time? It's gone viral. Hasn't have a listen it? to it. If you haven't heard it, have a listen to it. Payne has a bulging dick that has been disc that has been that's a funny one. <laughs> um, yes. It reminded me of a, another superstar broadcaster, Tim Gossage. That's you. Of a of a slip of the tongue that you had at a netball game earlier this year. Get a comfy spot. Get the porn. <laughs> do you think that's Which funny? Do you? Do you think yeah. that's funny? Do you? It's great content. Uh, let me, yeah, let me tell you, uh, I got, well, it, that was my very first netball game, uh, for the nine network. And, um, at one stage I thought I wasn't even going to get to the court side to put the headphones on because they said, what did you say? And I thought, what did I say? <laughs> and I didn't know what I'd said. And then Sue Gordy and my co-commentator said, you said porn. <laughs> no, popcorn. She goes, no, you said porn. <laughs> at a netball game. Get, spot, get the porn. <laughs> Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. The number is Georgie reckons. What is the biggest folks pate there? The faux pas is it this one from Tony Armstrong? Payne has a bulging dick that has been disc that has been. That's a funny one. <laughs> or is it this one from yours truly? Get a comfy spot. Get the porn. Zero four eight seven seven three six seven three six. Very funny. 
Yes, and if there are kids in the car, we do apologise. Uh, Georgie, uh, give us a heads up. We had a dinner last night um, with the mm-hmm. visiting Melbourne media and the AFL uh, put on by the Fremantle Football Club at Steve's in the cellar at Steve's Hotel. It was a lovely dinner and it was a, an off-the-record, on-the-record. Simon Garlic, Justin Longmuir, the media department was there. Also, um, Peter Bell, um, Travis Old was there, Jay Allen from the AFL, Damien Barrett from the AFL. Um, so we, we, we shot the breeze about a, a few topics. Um, and one of the topics that was mentioned, I'm not going to say who said what and why, but a, a topic was asked of some people, the AFL Grand Final. Is there any chance that it might go on a bit of a rotation? Now, Georgie, do you think, living in Melbourne, that will happen in your lifetime? Oh, I don't think so. I think it should. It's two different things. And and you hear Pav talking about it very well. He completely understands contractual agreements. He understands size of stadiums um, and, I guess, the tradition of the MCG. But just because something is the way it is doesn't mean it should be the way it is, I think, as well. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a national game. Um, the stadium size one, I don't cop that as, a, as an argument because you look at the Super Bowl and they, they play, it's the biggest sporting event in America, and they play in smaller stadiums than the MCG, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and they rotate around. It would be great, and the, the idea that perhaps are around of every couple of years to go somewhere else to grow the game and you can see this hype and how much it means to Perth people in terms of how quickly these seats are getting snapped up in the preliminary finals, in the Dreamtime round, in the grand final round, just how much it means because it is a huge sport. I'm from Adelaide, I spent 10 years in Perth and now I'm here in Melbourne and I certainly understand that it's, um, it's you know, huge here as well. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to share that and create a new tradition now that it is a national game rather than the VFL? It would be brilliant to see. I don't think it will because the MCC has a lot of power and a lot of money. And, you know, of course, that contract is until, what, 2052 now. Um, so I don't think it will happen, but it doesn't mean that I wouldn't like it to happen. Yeah, and uh, that seems to be the general uh, response. Now, interesting that um, you know, that they can get 100000 at the MCG, so therefore more money, and I get all that. This won't go down too well with a lot of people. I honestly believe that if ticket prices were double for this grand final, you would still sell as many tickets. Oh, yeah, 100% you would. 100% you would. But I guess in that sense, it wouldn't be fair to double the price of a smaller stadium just to make that revenue of the – it wouldn't be fair for those um, people residing there. Um, and I think you would 100% sell it out. People want to buy these tickets. People are spending $2,000, $3,000. I mean, yeah. I'm someone who spent $1,500 on my ticket to go watch the Crows get absolutely smashed in 2017. People pay to want to see their teams play because you don't get to see them in a grand final very often or you don't get to go mm. to a grand final very often as well when you're living in somewhere like Perth because you've got mm. a whole lot of additional costs to go on to it too. So yeah. I have no doubt that it would have been sold, but is that fair? Probably not. But life isn't fair really, is it, Goss? No, life is not fair, Georgie, and it's not fair for a couple of blokes. Well, it is fair. It's been fair for a couple of skippers and there's a lot of conjecture about maybe we're going to see a handover of a few captaincies. Last night, AFL 360, of course. Well, it was announced yesterday that Trent Cotchin was going to be uh, stepping down as captain after three flags and 11 years in the job. Mm. This was Jack Revolt on AFL 360 last night. There's a long time as captain um, and, and can be credited with the shift of the whole football club along with the, the coach, Damien Hardwick. Um, uh, arguably, 
maybe the greatest captain of, of Richmond of all time, probably just behind Captain Blood, uh, Jack Dyer, um, and just did everything right. And we, we, we don't lose him as a player. He's going to play on next year, obviously, which is super exciting. But, I mean, the door opens for someone else to come in and, and fill what is really big shoes. But um, the timing, I think, is great for the fact that there's a few of the older crew are going to be around for maybe one, two, three more years that can help the next person through. So it's not going to be sort of thrown to the wolves a little bit. Um, and, I mean, we, we've got a litany of blokes that could come in and, and pick up that role and um, just excited to see who the, who the boys think the next captain's going to be. So did Trent share that with you all or how how's that played out behind the scenes at Tigerland? Um, I, I think he let the main group know today, but a few of the, the more senior players um, have known for, for a maybe a week or so that, that that was going to be the case and um yeah it was uh it's a yeah a, a sad moment but also a, a big moment in terms of the the step forward and the next step forward for, for our club so uh whilst whilst he'll lose the captain sort of logo next to his name um he'll still lead from from the front and, and it may free him up to become a bit of a different leader in different areas of the, of the football club which we're excited about so no surprise there with Trent Cotchin, Georgie, and that has opened the way, hasn't it, for a bit more conversation about some of the other skippers? Yeah, definitely. And I think it, there is a time when he probably could still be that caption, captain, but when you're getting older, you've got to adapt your game and the way you play. So you actually do have to start thinking about a lot of other things on the game because you can't play so instinctively the older you get because your body doesn't allow you to. You know, you think of certain players who are so dynamic when we get the ball and go through. Look at a Paddy Dangerfield, for example. He's going to have to start adapting how he plays as he gets older because you just don't have that power anymore. So you can't play instinctively. Um, so when you take a little bit of that pressure off in terms of that captain's name, um, and as Jack said, you can still be a leader without having that title, of course, and players will still go to him. And the next captain, I guarantee, will use him as a mentor to, to guide him through. And he said it perfectly. He's going to have some years under Trent Conchin still around the club in terms of him, them, the next captain, be able to grow as a leader. But there comes a time where you just need to take that pressure and be a little bit selfish as a player, um, especially as an ageing player, where you can start to adapt and, and be the player that you need to be at that time. So um, it's probably an exciting prospect for Richmond, a bit of a change of guard. They're not that dominant force as they were. And, you know, Geelong's another team that's going to be in a similar boat, I think, with a lot of ageing players. And you think ageing, they're in their early 30s. But in terms of football, it is starting to get on. So a lot of clubs will, you know, start to change um, their list and, and change their leadership group, I think, accordingly. Yep, this was Lee Matthews on uh, Sports Day about Joel Selwood. He's embarking on a tough, tough time because the ageing process will, as it inevitably will, is kicking in. And and I think one of the challenges, I mean, I guess I empathise with it because we've all gone through it. I empathise because I'd like to think I had a competitive spirit a bit like Giles, that controlling the frustration of your declining impact is the greatest challenge. Because I keep talking about this physical, mental, emotional, that when when you know your body's not able to do what it used to be able to do, then your mind goes a little bit too because you lose faith in yourself. So some concern about the actions of Joel Selwood, but what a warrior has been with the catch. Georgie, what's uh, on the rest of your day? We're coming up to news. What's uh, else taking place in the Georgie Parker day? Well, how do you go in, uh, in lockdown over there? Oh, mate, you work and then you walk and then you work a bit more and then you walk again. It's Groundhog Day. I feel like Bill Murray, but 
Um, that's fine. It's all good. Got a might, might have a look at some of the the Brownlow sort of wrap ups and well not wrap ups, but yes. previews and look forward yes. to that on Sunday night. Absolutely. Looking forward to that and seeing who wins that. I think the winner might be here in WA, either with the Bulldogs yeah, and so. or Melbourne. Hey, Georgie, good chat. Really like it. We'll leave you with a crosswalk sound effect just to put you in a bad mood. Georgie Parker oh. joining us on a Wednesday.